There they go. It's only an hour. An elongated version of It's Only an Hour. Some good crosstalk there with Jeff and Jordan. Now it's time for the award-winning midday program with Trey and BK. We are with you until 1 o'clock and plenty to get into on a Thursday show. We will talk about the debacle that took place at the Moody Center last night. Texas basketball blowing a 16-point lead and another home loss, this time to UCF. Plus, Mike McCarthy is back for another year in Big D. We'll talk about the decision made by Jerry and Stephen Jones and what it means for the future of the Dallas Cowboys. I feel like most people already do know what it means for the future of the Dallas Cowboys. And, of course, at the end of the show, we will wrap things up, as we always do, with a little where are we at in society. Uh, Trey, can I ask you for a tease for today's where are we at segment? When a simple fart prank goes wrong with video. Oh, no. Okay. I have questions, but I'll hold off until the final 10 minutes of today's show. And if we have time. Hold on. Yes. I've got like 15 things here. If we have time. OpenAI eliminates ban on use for warfare and military purposes. So we're steps closer to the war with machines. All right. I will once again reiterate the fact that I am on the machine side. So just in case they're listening right now, and I know they always are, uh, I am team machine. You humans are screwed. Hashtag team robot. Hashtag Team Robot. Yep. And the new Twilight Team Human v. Team Robot. I am Team Robot because I like to win. All right. That's just, that's what I do. I, I root for a Goliath. I'm well, a Texas you definitely fan. shouldn't be rooting for Texas basketball right now. <laughs> Dude, we're not even David. I don't know what the hell we are right now. We suck. Texas basketball is 17 games into the season. They have one top 75 win right now. This team is bad. And last night, I don't want to call it rock bottom because, you know, it could get worse this year. But my goodness, last night was a total kick to the groin, especially considering how well Texas played for the majority of this game. I mean, they jumped out to a 22 to 6 lead. And it was like, all right, they're pissed off about Saturday. This is the Texas basketball team that we thought we were going to see this year. And they're going to take it out on one of the worst teams in the Big 12 in UCF. But then. I don't even say it was the whole second half. Texas was still up 13 at the under 12 timeout in the second half. And then things just completely fell apart down the stretch. Dylan Sioux picked up his fourth foul. He had to head to the bench, and UCF started getting stops. Texas got stagnant offensively. UCF will give them credit. They made some tough shots on their offense, and they were able to uh, overcome those big deficits and find a win in Austin, big time win for them, but an embarrassing loss for a Texas team Trey, That was an eight and a half point favorite last night. A hallmark of this team last year after Rodney Terry took over BK is that they weren't falling in love with the three. And I realized this team, this year's team is a little bit different. They don't have as much going on down low, but we've seen too many examples this year, especially in losses where they seem to just be settling on three after three versus working to get better shots on the offensive end. And you pointed it out on the morning show today, 12 of the last 13 shots were from three-point range. Am I getting that stat correct? That's completely unacceptable. Even in this era where it's all three-pointers or shots right around the basket, 
No, you cannot do that. I'm sorry. And Rodney Terry has shown in the past that he doesn't coach his teams to do that. So I don't know if he is losing grip on this team or if he's at a bit of a loss right now as to what this team needs to do to try and win some games. Let's remember, Texas came back to beat Cincinnati. Otherwise, we would be staring down the barrel of an 0-4 start in conference with six straight ranked matchups upcoming starting with this Saturday's game against Baylor here in Austin. Yep, well said right there. I mean, this was the easiest on-paper four-game stretch in Big 12 play that Texas had all season. And I was hoping for 3-1. and one. Hell, I was hoping for 4-0. and oh, right? I felt like uh, there was a chance that that was possible with these first four games Texas opened up with, getting Texas Tech at home, getting UCF at home, and then also getting to play maybe the worst team in the league in West Virginia on the road. You're thinking, all right, those are all winnable games. And, hey, Cincinnati, first year in the Big 12, that's also a winnable game right there. Uh, you felt good. Hell, you felt good about Texas's chances in all four of those, and they were favored in three of them. And here they are sitting at one and three in a tie for second to last in the Big 12 when they were picked to finish third in this conference this season. And Ken Palm now has Texas finishing 6-12 and 12 in conference play this year. That is the updated prediction after last night's loss at the Moody Center. So, you're right. It doesn't get any easier. You were hoping these first four games could have been a confidence boost going into this six-game gauntlet that Texas is about to start. Instead, it was the exact opposite of that. And this team has more questions than answers. And, yeah, you've got Baylor. You've got uh, a Houston team that's really good. They just beat the brakes off of Texas Tech last night. You've got Kansas in there. You've got a trip to Fort Worth in there. You've got to play BYU. I mean, this league, it's life in this league. I saw a stat on TV last night. Like, there are 14 teams in the Big 12 Conference, and all 14 teams rank in the top 16 in terms of remaining strength of schedule. So this league is brutal. And if you can't beat the bad teams in this league – it is hard to feel confident that you could beat the good teams in this league, and Texas is about to play some of the best teams in this league. Yeah, and I know Texas Tech is ranked now. When they played Texas Tech, Texas Tech was looked at as a team who was middle of the pack at best, if not bottom half of the conference too. So it is. Uh, this is going to end up being an ugly season for Texas Hoops. Does it mean Rodney Terry should be fired after this season? I don't think so. There were some extenuating circumstances heading into the season, including how many guys you're having to replace off of last year's roster, losing both of your big-time high school commitments, both guys choosing to go pro instead of playing college ball. So he gets one more year to try and reload, to uh, reconfigure this whole thing, get it going in a better direction. But it does not seem like uh, we're going to be rooting for a whole lot of winning basketball the rest of the way. I hope I'm wrong about that, but uh, right now it seems like I'm not going to say that there's give up on this basketball team, but I think these guys also see exactly what's going on here too. And uh, as a result, uh, you're seeing a pretty lethargic effort at times. And that sucks because as you said, this team was up by double digits in the first half. They were up double digits uh, several minutes into the second half too. Uh, but they could not play winning basketball over the last 15 or so minutes of this game to hold on to a big lead. As a matter of fact, they kind of end up losing going away too when it's all said and done. Yeah, I hate the they wanted it more cliche, but you look at some of the hustle stats and it looked like UCF wanted it more last night. I mean, Texas got out-rebounded 37-22. to 22, And it's not like UT, uh, UCF is, you know, Ralph Sampson and Akeem Olajuwon or something like that. I mean... They Texas has bigs. Dylan DeSue and Caden Shedrick combined for two rebounds. They combined 
for two rebounds. The two biggest players on the team didn't rebound the ball last night. Like that is mystifying to me. So, and you talked about the fact that, yeah, Texas was settling so much down the stretch with 12 of their last 13 shots being three-pointers. UCF had five dunks or layups out of their last 13 shots. So, everything Texas was doing in the first half, the ball movement, the aggressiveness, the getting to the 10 and finishing at the hoop, all that stuff that gave Texas the big lead that they had, uh, we just didn't see it when they needed it down the stretch yesterday. And it's it's bad, and you brought up Rodney Terry, and, and, and we'll show this. I'm sure a lot of Texas fans have seen this to this point, but it's worth bringing up again. And, Trey, I want to get your thoughts on just exactly what went down after the game last night. Uh, a couple of different videos here. We'll start with the post-game handshake right after the final buzzer. As is tradition in college hoops, the teams, the coaches, they all shake hands right in front of the scorer's table. Uh, this is courtesy of K-View, this video and audio. Here's what happened right after the game last night. Yeah, so there's Rodney Terry. It might be hard to hear if you're listening on the app, but he was uh, shaking hands with a number of different UCF players, telling them that's classless and don't do that shit. And he was referring to a number of UCF players giving the horns down to the Texas student section right after the game went final. Trey, I gave my thoughts this morning. I will give you the floor. What did you make of that? It's a bad look for Rodney Terry. I think more than anything else, it shows the pressure that he's dealing with right now and just how at a loss he is for answers to help this team play winning basketball for 40 minutes or 40-plus minutes in cases where they go into overtime. Look, he's not the first Texas coach to get caught up in the whole horns-down game. Typically, we see this happen on the football side of things, fortunately or unfortunately. Mac Brown had his issues with it. We saw Tom Herman make a big stink out of it, too. It's a bad look for Rodney Terry is one of the main takeaways from what happened last night and the response from Texas fans and also just how it was covered nationally, too. Let me caution this for Texas fans, though, BK. I was seeing a lot of people comment last night about how embarrassing that was. I know some of you motherfuckers have flipped out over seeing the horns down thing happen in the past. I'm glad that a lot of you have joined me on my side now, which is not to let it affect you, not to at least show that it's affecting you. And if you do that, it may start happening less and less. Here's the problem. Every time it happens, even if it's an isolated incident, if the Longhorn fan is big enough or the Longhorn figure is big enough, you pretty much have to reset the clock. So think about the uh, the the so many number of days since a work accident sign, right? Yep. In a hundred days since a workplace accident. Congratulations. When that gets reset to zero, people are on high alert once again. We need to have some sort of counter like that for Texas Sports Unfiltered. It's been this many days since somebody has flipped out about the horns down bit because it gets reset back to zero, unfortunately, today as a result of what Rodney Terry. Uh, was saying to the opposition at the end of last night's game. And in a sense, I understand it maybe is a little bit disrespectful, but make the observation, file it away, and use it as added motivation. 
that's the right way to handle that. While also keeping in mind that UCF and plenty of other schools, they don't have their own hand signs. Their hand sign becomes the horns down bit on top of them understanding that there is a faction of the Texas fan base that is completely bothered by that. The the horns down is only going to get worse from here, by the way. You're right. 12 or otherwise. You think SEC fans are going to stop doing the horns down bit? No, it's going to continue. So figure out a way to where it bothers you less and less. Or if it does bother you, you're not showing that outward emotion. You're you're channeling that hate, if you will. You're embracing that hate from within and uh, allowing it to uh, to figure out ways to uh, to kick that opposition's ass the next next time that you face them. Hey, coach, if the horns down bothers you so much, maybe coach better. Because you know what UCF would not have done if Texas was able to hold on to that double-digit lead that they had in the second half last night? They wouldn't have gone up to your student section and flashed the horns down. Because you don't do that when you lose. You only do that when you win. So if it bothers you so much, maybe find a way to get your team to start winning games they're supposed to win. Because like you said, uh, we are going to be seeing a lot of that this season. We know the hate train has been strong this year. Hell, people always hate Texas, but it's been stronger than ever because of the departure to the SEC and everyone's trying to get their final cracks at Texas in their last year, the Big 12. Now that you add this, I said it this morning, it's fuel to the fire. Now people are going to hate you even more. Now people are going to be even more motivated to not only beat you, but also piss on your grave after they bury you. So you want to fix it? You want teams to stop doing it? Maybe uh, find a couple of wins the rest of the way, RT. It's very simple. I've seen a lot of Texas fans, as I said, flip out in the past about the horns down bit. And I agree with what Jack is saying here. Does he get away with that 10 to 15 years ago? A system might have run him off, may not have the video of it, but it does show that uh, he cares. Even if he misstepped there, it's not like that came from a bad place. It came from a, a place where he's frustrated, he's hurt, he's lost, he's feeling the pressure. But he does actually give a damn, so I'm not going to ding him points for that. Just recognize the error of your ways, and please don't do it again. I feel like – I mean, guys are probably not going to do it directly to his face. You're going to see that much horns down, if not more, especially to your point, BK, if they're beating Texas in the process. That's just a natural part of the celebration at this point. We need to come to accept that. doesn't mean we have to like it necessarily, but we don't need to – show outward emotion about how much it pisses us off because that only makes the problem worse. Yeah, you can't, you can't tweet the hashtag embrace the hate and then complain when other teams do the horns down. It's like, but you're, you're supposed to embrace that, I thought. What are you doing here? Exactly. Um, all right, here is the uh, post-game explanation. So, look, Rodney Terry, heat of the moment, you lose your cool. No one's perfect in the heat of battle, and Rodney Terry's a competitor, and yes, he does give a damn about the University of Texas. Any RT conversation should not be about that. If anyone's questioning whether or not he cares about this job or about this school, eh, you're wasting your time. This place and this gig means a lot to him. But here is uh, Rodney Terry after the game. He had a chance to maybe apologize and say, I lost my cool, I shouldn't have done it, but instead he doubled down. You know, I'm a big believer in – you know, you win the right way, you lose the right way. And, you know, I always tell my guys, you know, um, whether you win or lose, you win the right way. You lose the right way. You carry yourself the right way. You don't go through the handshake line. I'm proud of getting to the handshake line and have about six or seven guys putting the horns down. We don't do that, you know, because when you do those kind of things, it looks very classless, and it also looks like you were just hoping to win. 
We never go into games trying to hope to win. We go into games expecting to win. So we don't act like that. You know, we expect to win. We don't jump up and down like, like we won a national championship. We sure don't step on anyone's home court deal and act crazy and try to show them up in any way. We don't do that. You know, so that's what I was angry about. And I was letting those guys know you don't do that. You know, you guys won. Hey, we shake, you know, shake your hand, tip our hat to you. But we're not going to let you act that way in our building. You're not going to do that. You're not going to put your horns down and do all that nonsense. So there's Rodney Terry uh, being a huge bitch. There's no way around it. I'm not saying Rodney Terry is a huge bitch, but in that minute and four second explanation of his actions in that handshake line, he was acting like a huge bitch. And that's it's embarrassing. It's an embarrassing look for the university. I said it this morning, Trey. Sorry to say it again if you were listening to the morning show, but and I know you were because you were with us. But like you, you, if you're the basketball coach at Texas, you don't have to be the best basketball coach in the country, right? Like football's king. You got to get football right. And then baseball is number two. And then it's basketball. You don't have to be Bill Self and be liked and respected as a basketball coach at Texas. Rick Barnes was the example that I gave. People loved Rick Barnes until the end when, you know, everything fell apart. Rick Barnes was never the best coach in the country. Texas was never the best program in the country, but he had a long, successful tenure here, and people really liked him because, well, he represented the school well, and he kept Texas relevant, and he didn't embarrass the program. Last night was an embarrassment, and Chris Del Conte has been getting calls today. He's not going to pull the trigger and make a move right now, but he might have gotten a couple of calls, Trey, if Texas just lost that game last night. But now you've got this. I mean, I've gotten a dozen texts from Tech fans, from OU fans, from AM fans, just like, pathetic. Your coach did that? Like, how do you answer for that? And the big money boosters don't like answering for shit like that. And Chris Del Conte didn't want to have to answer for shit like that. It's embarrassing. When you're the basketball coach at Texas, you might not have to be the best, but you can't be the worst. And your athletic director has talked openly about wanting every sport to be competing in the top 10 in the country. Most of your sports are doing that. Men's basketball is one of the worst teams in the Big 12 right now. They are nowhere close to that. So I don't think this is a one-and-done type of situation, Trey. But stuff like what happened after the game last night, that expedites the timeline for Rodney Terry. That makes it a little bit easier to maybe make a move or at least consider making a move if you're CDC. So getting back to Terry's post-game comments or his explanation of things, Philosophically, I agree with what he's saying. Here's where he needs to reconsider his actions going forward. You have so much control over the guys who are under your tutelage, your players within your program. There's a sanctimoniousness that comes into play when you're trying to preach to guys with other programs. And I know that what Rodney Terry was trying last night actually came from a good place. Whether or not it turned out to be an embarrassment, Rodney, those guys aren't your responsibility. Have that conversation with the UCF coach behind closed doors, or maybe you can shake his hand and bring it in and say, hey, man, look, congratulations on the win. I wish you guys weren't doing the horns down bit at the very end. It's disrespectful. Win like a champion, lose like a champion. There is something to that philosophy, by the way. You understand how to win and how to lose, and there is a humility that comes into play uh, for teams that win, a lot of that is out the window in 2023, 2024 now. But I don't disagree with his the basic ideology there. It's just the way that he's trying to go about spreading that or insisting that the opposition does that was erroneous by him. And I believe, even though I know it's 
pile-on time for Rodney Terry right now that he is wise enough to understand the error of his ways. I don't know if it gets addressed again, but I doubt we will see him do something like that going forward. If nothing else, like you just said, because CDC probably has received several calls today and has had to call Rodney into his office to ask him not to do something like that again. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, at the weekly availability that RT has if he says something about it. Um, I don't know if it's an apology. I don't know if it's a, I called Daryl Dawkins and, you know, apologized to him. Uh, Johnny Dawkins, not Daryl Dawkins. I was like, wait a second, Daryl Dawkins? Really? Okay. Other, other Dawkins who coaches UCF. Um, I don't know, but I'll tell you what, look, I'm not rooting against Rodney Terry. I want this thing to turn around. I hope Texas goes four and two in these next six games. And all of a sudden we're talking about an NCAA tournament team again. Um, if Texas goes on the road next week and they win, are the players allowed to put their horns up or we, we, we don't do that shit. Cause it's apparently classless to put the horns down on someone else's floor. Does that mean our, like people are going to call Rodney Terry a hypocrite if any Texas player gives the horns up anywhere the rest of the year. It's not a big deal. I don't think too many people will care about it. But like him saying that, like you shouldn't do that. You should go on the road and do something to disparage the home crowd. Is like saying, okay, now when we went on the road, we're not going to do any sort of celebration after the game. Honest question here, because I really don't pay attention to these things. Like I know the players when they're doing the eyes. After a game is over with, they're holding the horn sign up. Are guys holding the horn sign up after they win games, like in the immediate aftermath? Yeah. Do the handshake line? I, I really don't know the answer to that. I mean, I, I've definitely seen Texas players this year and in years past, like to the student section after a road win, just put the horns up. And that's fine. That's cool. It's the same way I feel about horns down. It's fine. It's cool. If you don't like it, win the game. Win the game. So now it's just like, you know, I don't, once again, I don't know if anybody cares, but if Texas goes on the road and wins a game, which sadly feels like a tall task for this team right now, does that mean the Texas players can't even do that? Is that mean? Is that disparaging? Is that classless? I, I just thought it was such a pathetic rant. Like, I, I get what you're saying and whatever, I agree to it to an extent, but it's like, that's, that's classless. Like that's it's their 18 to 22 year old kids. Like they're celebrating a win after the heat of battle and competing for 40 minutes. That's, that's what you're mad about. If, if one of them went up to like Max Acemas and just spat in his face and gave the horns down right to him, then okay. But going to the road student section, that's been talking shit all night long to the players and doing that. You're going to lose your mind over that. Come on, coach man up, dude. This is major college basketball. I know you've never been a head coach at this level before. This is this is different here, okay? You better be able to handle that. If you can't handle that, come on, dude. I don't know. That's all I got to say. In the words of Dennis Green at the end of his rant. You got anything else on this? No. No. Just let's not let's let's see this team win some basketball games now. You're gonna have some opportunities. To beat quality competition over the next three weeks or so to maybe put yourself back into the March Madness conversation. Because right now you're well on the outside and you are trending in the direction of not even being able to qualify for the NIT. Although, didn't they change the qualifications for the NIT in the last offseason or two where you don't have to be a 500 club anymore to make that shit-ass tournament? (laughs) Right, yeah. So Texas will have a chance to get an invitation to the NIT or they won't get invited. I mean, there was a year 
a year with Shaka Smart, and then I think a year at the end of the Rick Barnes era where Texas wasn't even good enough for the NIT. So I, I'd like to think we're not trending in that direction, but, I mean, Texas, once again, six, the next six games are against ranked teams. If they lose five or, God forbid, six of those six, uh, forget the tournament. You might be forgetting the NIT, too. If Texas loses, how many regular season games do they have left? Somewhere around 10 or 12? Uh, what are they? One and three in conference play. They play 18, so 14 more regular season games. So if they go 2-12 and 12 in the next 14 games, good God, that would be bad. If they go 2-12 and 12 in the next 14 games, does Shaka, does Shaka, does Rodney Terry <laughs> lose his job? Oh, man. That's a great question. Um, because I think that conversation is no. squarely on the table at that point. Yeah, I, I think it is too. And I, I know from people I've talked to that CDC didn't really want to hire Rodney Terry but it just it kind of had to happen after the deep run that RT made, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. He deserves a bunch of credit for keeping Texas on track and getting this team to the Elite Eight, the furthest they'd been in the tournament in 15 years. He deserves all the praise in the world for that, but a lot different being a head coach versus taking over a team in the middle of a season. Um, I don't know. I don't know. One year, you never want to give a coach one year. You feel like that's not enough. But that will be on the table. That's the best way I can answer that question is if, if Texas goes, yeah, 2-12 and 12 and they win, what, three conference? That's 3-15 and 15. Yeah. in the Big 12 when you were picked to finish third. You're a top-20 team to start the year. That means you're, you're not in the NIT. I don't know if you're in the CBI with that. If it's that bad, then, yeah, I could see a change happening. I don't, I don't know if it'll get that bad, but if it is that bad, Gun to my head, I would say yes. Rodney Terry is gone after one season. So SD is saying something that a lot of people have, which is he should have never been hired. See, I disagree with that. I think Rodney Terry did earn the opportunity to be the full-time head coach based on how last season started or I guess quasi started with Chris Beard getting suspended and let go. And for him to have helped to right that ship and get this team as far as they had gotten in more than a decade showing to be a good leader of men, showing some prowess as an X's and O's coach on the sideline. I think he did earn that opportunity. Here's the thing, though. You can also be big enough to recognize that you made a mistake with that hire, even after a single season by moving on, if things end up going that sideways. It's not like Rodney Terry's not going to get his guaranteed money. He's still going to get paid for that. He will still have had the chance to continue the direction in a more positive direction, which is something that... Chris Beard obviously started before getting fired last year. Uh, but you as a school, you gave him the opportunity. It wasn't working out even after a single year. That's how badly things went where you decide to ultimately move on. I hope that that's not the case. I hope Texas figures out a way to go 500 and be or better for the next 14 games. Then they have a legitimate shot to make the tournament. I'm not confident about that happening right now. I'm more confident about this team going 2-12 and 12 down the stretch than I am them going seven and seven or eight and six, something yeah. along those lines. With what we've seen, I'm with you. And uh, I think about Mark Adams, right? Chris Beard was at Texas Tech, obviously, before he took the Texas job. Mark Adams was an assistant on the staff, and Tech fans were excited. They wanted to give him a chance. He was the guy after Beard departed for Austin. Uh, Adams didn't make it two years. But what did he do in the first year? Texas Tech made the Sweet 16. Yep. And then things fell apart, and they got rid of him, and he was also a piece of shit. Rodney Terry, good dude. 
Mark Adams, bad dude. Um, it, but, it all comes down to roster management too, by the mm-hmm. way, dude. Like this, this roster feels like a bunch of random pieces that you're trying to put together to create a full puzzle. And it's just, it seems like there's way too many pieces that aren't fitting with one another. You're right. You're right. You're right. And co- it's, roster turnover happens every year in college basketball. It's why you and Kevin don't like it that much anymore. Cause you don't know who's on any team because the rosters change so much every year. Uh, the good coaches, they win. John Calipari loses an NBA roster every year. And he has his team in the top 10 all the time. So you you figure it out. Yes, Texas lost a ton from last year's team. I, I said it before the year. I didn't expect them to be an Elite Eight team. I figured they would take a step back. But there's plenty of turnover from Rick Barnes's last year, excuse me, Shaka's last year, to Chris Beard's first year. Texas was a sixth seed and won a tournament game in Beard's first year. It ain't happening right now in year one with Rodney Terry. I'm not saying fire him now. I want to see this thing out. I'm still giving it a chance, but... It's bad. Uh, quick text on the code of text line, 512-222-9328. In regards to UCF players giving the horns down to Texas fans, someone says it's saying F you to a horns player's face at the end of the game, shitty sportsmanship. No, it's not. Saying F you to a, a horns player's face is saying F you to a horns player's face. Talking trash to the student section is not saying F you to somebody's face. Those are those are very different things. I think that if you're doing the horns down directly in a guy's face, which, by the way, is a penalty – and should be a penalty in college football. I'm guessing it's a penalty in the other sports too. Like that is more of an F you to that person's face. Doing it in general to a vitriol spitting student section is that that's very much a, I'm not even going to call it apples and oranges because those are two pieces of fruit. Let's call it a broccoli and oranges comparison there, BK. <laughs> yeah. I mean, go sit in the student section. It's not a Texas thing. Just go sit in any college basketball student section and hear what the, Hell, I was one of them. I'm not disassociating myself with that. I was talking more shit than anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually to the white guys on the end of the bench, uh, the random walk-ons. But, uh, yeah, like it, they talk trash all game long, and the players can't throw a horns down back. Come on, man. Win the game. All right. that's. I said it was enough of that 10 minutes ago, and we kept going. But, obviously, that's the biggest story surrounding the Texas Longhorns right now. Um, before we get to Mike McCarthy – Oh, that's going to make me feel better. How about a word? Hold on real quick. DJ, yes, Texas bitched to the Big 12 to make it a penalty. I agree. That was a, a bad look. But te- but the Big 12 did clarify that if you're doing that in a guy's face, and this just isn't just a horns down thing. If you get in somebody's face and are trash talking them, that's a penalty in college football. Yep. If a horns player puts the horns up in a guy's face, that is also a penalty, as it should be. But doing it in general or doing it towards hateful fans, not that big of an issue. One way or the other, by the way, the horns up or the horns down to the respective fan base. I'm with it, man. Mm, Frustrating. God, I want to be good in college basketball so bad. That's all I've ever wanted. Thought we had it, too. Now we don't. Okay, let's let you hear from our great friends. These guys are always good. They'll never let you down. About a TV spot from our friends at Cover BK. Hi, I'm Dan Cover with my wife Hayden. Welcome to Cover BK. Our newest location in the gorgeous Hill Country includes Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and hundreds of pre-owned and certified vehicles for you to choose from. We have three service departments that are ready to take care of your car, truck, or SUV with 86 service bays to accommodate any repair and get you in and out quickly. Come visit us today to select the vehicle you've been dreaming about. Covert, born and raised in Austin.
Born and raised in Austin, yes, indeed. And Trey, have you heard the new AV consultations dad joke spot that we have? Did we play this yesterday? Ooh, is it a spot that doesn't involve maracas? Because if so, I don't believe I have. Different instruments. Try to figure out which ones are being played here, but it's Tom McKay and the Kid in this new spot from our friends at Audiovisual Consultations. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. And Camilla McKay. Hey, kid, you want to hear a dad joke? Sure, old man. A guy walks into a flat... <laughs> oh, that was terrible. A guy walks into a store and buys an 85-inch flat screen for 2500 bucks. <laughs> I wasn't done with my joke yet. Yeah, you were. Here, I got one. What's worse than paying for one overpriced surround sound speaker? I don't know what. Paying for two overpriced surround sound speakers? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, here at Audiovisual, we do like to laugh and by calling 512-255-8678 you can share in that laughter stop paying extra for lesser quality and visit avconsultations.com today all right all right you got me going now one more all right here we go a guy walks into a bar and then a speaker and then a projector all right all right, all right. i think they get it kid give us a call at 512-255-8678 or see us online at avconsultations.com and all jokes aside remember to hug your kids laugh with strangers and make love to whoever the hell you want just Give us a call, 512-255-8678. We need to insist that Tom go blue on one of these commercials to where he uses some of the language that we know Tom McKay is capable of. Mm. That was a good spot, though. That was a good spot. Some good dad jokes in there from father and kid in that one. But, yeah, we do need some unfiltered advertisements from our friends at Audiovisual Consultations. I like that thought. Shout out to them. All right, Trey, uh, before we get to where we at in society, the Dallas Cowboys made the news again. And the one silver lining that Cowboys fans maybe thought they were going to get with the playoff loss to Green Bay last Sunday no longer exists because the Joneses released a statement saying that Mike McCarthy will return as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys in 20. 24 your thoughts on that announcement i shouldn't be surprised it is the joneses after all but i am still a little bit surprised seems obvious to everybody but then again mike mccarthy is not even close to the biggest problem with that franchise the biggest problem is the guy at the top the guy who makes all the personnel decisions but if you can't get rid of him which you can't jerry will be around until he dies in those roles and maybe even after he dies too, thanks to modern technology allowing holograms powered by AI. Dude, you, know the you, keep, you keep saying that, and I'd like, I'd, I'd like to think you're kidding, but I'm terrified. With all the money that family has, if any family is going to pull some shit like that, it's going to be that family. The Jerry hologram is legit. There was a, a stand-up set that was just created by AI. That was George Carlin's likeness using George Carlin jokes or you, George Carlin's voice telling George Carlin style jokes. <laughs> I am saying it tongue in cheek, but the possibility does exist <laughs> that hologram Jerry will one day rule that team powered by a Jerry learned AI. <laughs> God, I thought getting rid I thought of- that they were smart enough to understand that even though Mike McCarthy has won 12 games or helped this franchise win 12 games each of the last three seasons, he's not the guy who's going to get it done for you in the postseason. When you consider that he's about to lose Dan Quinn off of his coaching staff, and I understand that the Cowboys defense was the biggest problem on Sunday because even when the offense started to figure some things out, 
that defense just remained a sieve. Mike McCarthy ain't the guy, but Dallas is going to roll the dice with him one more year. And then at some point after next season, we're probably going to see this franchise looking for both a new starting quarterback and a new head football coach too. Yeah, obviously two massive decisions for the Cowboys to make this offseason, and they already made one of them with uh, the announcement that McCarthy is returning. Now we'll see what happens with Dak. Look, on one hand, it's not all bad for Mike McCarthy. He's 42-25. and 25. He's won two division titles. He's made the playoffs in each of the last three seasons. It's the first time since the 90s dynasty that the Cowboys have actually made the playoffs three years in a row. So they've had a number of good years throughout this NFC championship drought that they've been in since the mid nineties, but they've never been able to stack three seasons like this in a row. So Jerry's looking at that and saying, all right, well, that's clearly a good sign. This guy must kind of know what he's doing to be able to win 12 straight games in three straight years. But I thought Mike McCarthy was brought in to win in the playoffs. Like that's what Jason Garrett couldn't do. Once again, Garrett didn't make the playoffs three years in a row, but he made the playoffs a number of times while he was the head coach in Dallas over those 10 years. He just couldn't win big games in the month of January, and that's where Mike McCarthy is right now. And that was a problem with McCarthy towards the end of his Green Bay tenure. I know he won the Super Bowl, and I know he went to a few NFC championships with Aaron Rodgers up there, but it's been eight years since Mike McCarthy has a playoff win against any quarterback who's below the age of 45. The only win was what the Cowboys had last year against decrepit Tom Brady in his final career game in the NFL. Like Mike McCarthy is is proven to be a bad playoff coach in recent years. He hasn't adapted to the times and he hasn't done enough to show that he can win in the most important month of the year. So uh, I'm with you, man. Like I, I just don't know how you can have faith. It's the whole definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing and hoping it or doing the same thing every year and hoping you get different results. Like that's what the Cowboys have done for a long time with Jerry Jones as the GM. Hell, we were talking about that with Chip and Zay and Crosstalk yesterday. But to run it back with Mike McCarthy after three straight disappointing playoff exits earlier than you expected, uh, it feels like you're literally trying to do the exact same thing and hoping for something different. So it sucks, man. Um, you know, I, I don't expect the Cowboys to be great next season. I think they'll be in the mix for a playoff spot. We already know they're not winning the division because nobody wins the NFC East two years in a row. So I'd be surprised if they win 12 games, but it's like, I, I just, uh, I don't know. I never liked the McCarthy hire in the first place and nothing that's happened over the last four years makes me feel any better about him being the guy to lead the Cowboys back to the promised land. I mean, there are so many guys available right now who have more proven track records. If there was an off season to make a coaching change, if you were on the fence, especially with what's already in place in Dallas, arguably the best defensive player in the game, and Micah Parsons, an offense that was clicking on all cylinders, at least through the air this year, and the ability to turn the run game around re- really quickly. Like, you, it feels like you are leadership away from this team being able to make a bona fide Super Bowl run. But unfortunately, that gets in the way of uh, Jerry having more control with the franchise, including with the on field product, than he, what he's probably comfortable with. Because Mike Vrabel, he's an alpha. Jim Harbaugh. He's going to do things the Harbaugh way. That is something that probably doesn't sit very well with Jerry. I thought that Bill Belichick, even though I don't think it would be a good hire, I think Belichick is truly past his prime now, and whatever team gets him, well, he's going to work his way towards that wins record. But ultimately, I don't think he's a guy who wins another Super Bowl for his next franchise, unlike his former quarterback, Tom Brady, and what was he able to do with Tampa. But even Belichick would have been a step up from Mike McCarthy. Give me a break, especially if you can – 
rein him in with regards to how stupid he's being with some of his coaching hires, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. There are a lot of good guys out there. I mean, Pete Carroll is another dude that would should be under consideration over Mike McCarthy too. Um, but Cowboys are sticking with McCarthy for one more year. So get one more, uh, get ready for one more year of falling short of those preseason goals, Cowboys fans. God, his seat is going to be scorching hot, isn't it? I mean, he could be fired midseason if if things go awry for the Cowboys, and they've got to play a first place schedule next year, Trey. I was just about to say, you pointed this out on the morning show, and it is so true. They played a lot of dog shit teams this year. And look, you could say that the NFL reached peak parity this year because of how many teams were right around 500 or uh, just below 500. But the Cowboys benefited from playing a lot of those bad opponents. They couldn't even beat all of those bad opponents. But when the schedule got tougher at the end of the season, I think you saw this team's true colors come out. They got blown out by Buffalo. They lost a team against, or they lost a game against a Miami team on the road. Miami didn't even play that good of a game. Should have lost to the Detroit Lions at Jerry World uh, New Year's uh, New Year's Eve weekend. And then, of course, they take care of Washington to end the season, to take care of that business, to win a division title and get that two seed. But it all ends up being for naught because they get upset in the very first round by a team that has absolutely tormented them come postseason time with the Green Bay Packers over the last 20-plus years now. Brutal, 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 brutal. Congrats, Cowboys fans. Another year of suck. Quick shout-out to Altstadt Beer. That doesn't suck. You might need some Altstadt Beer after everything that happened in the sports world yesterday. If you're a Texas and a Cowboys fan, my God, Altstadt, there's probably not enough of that in the world to get you through what happened yesterday. But, hey, it is the best beer that you could find. It's already Thursday. If you're making your plans for the weekend, shouldn't be freezing, shouldn't be raining, should be nice here in Central Texas. Make sure whatever you have going on, you have some Altstadt beer by your side. The best beer that's out there, brewed locally in Fredericksburg, so you're supporting local business every time you buy Altstadt. It's also popping up more and more at your favorite bars and restaurants all across the state. They've got a number of different brews, something for every beer drinker out there. It's the only beer that I drink, and I'm telling you all, one sip, and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking. In the past, it's Altstadt beer. No impurities, no regrets. I think we did live yesterday. Trey, you cool with the recorded Pest Wranglers today? Let's go. Uh, okay. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it kind of hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Where are we at in society today? That's right. It is your regular look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism as us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. Today is neither, BK. Today is just a story in a video that showcases human stupidity in a way that I don't think necessarily leaves us more likely to be overtaken by the robots, although maybe I'm wrong about that after I explain the story. Have you ever tried to light a fart before, BK? Have I ever tried to light a fart before, BK? On fire. No. I've seen videos of people trying this, but I have never tried it myself, and I've never been in the presence of anyone 
who has tried it either. What about you? I don't believe I have either. It's as sophomore as I can be about things. It just feels like a step too far. I don't need an open flame that close to an area that if it gets burned, it is going to feel really bad. Mm. So I think a sort of practicality kicks in for me that has led me to never trying to do that. Smart move on your part. And I think uh, you and I are one in the same with our thought process there. So there are plenty of people who do try to light farts and then also video it as well, because just like you, I have seen examples of this happening and we have an example to show you now where things go awry in ways that have always concerned you and me as we've considered doing something similarly stupid we got this guy right here he is wearing a panda shirt and he's about to try and light a fart nice pajama pants there guy i know he kind of deserve it with those uh, he's got some help here oh, oh gosh on fire fortunately he was able to well, he was already dropped. He was able to roll that fire out. But yeah, this guy. How lucky is he? I mean, that could have been a disaster. Mm. God. Oh, man. I mean, you know, assuming that he has hair going going through his crack, that there were still, there's probably still some singed hairs there. I was going to say, he doesn't anymore if he did. Um, what? What causes that? Was that a shark? Is that why it did that? Did the lighter get too close to the spectrum cable and internet? What What was the issue there? He, I, I think that uh, farts are an emission of methane, and methane is flammable. It's mm. as simple as that. So is it just like random when it works and looks cool versus engulfing a guy's asshole and flames well my guess is those pants are cheap and they're made mm. from a highly flammable material and so yeah the combination of him lighting it and the the flame or i guess the flame getting as close to the pants as it was uh was a perfect storm of sorts what uh what do you think that guy had for lunch what do you think that fire smelled like oh and some taco bell fire sauce perhaps maybe that was the issue there I would assume that if you were eating Taco Bell, your ability to light a fart goes up significantly. Oh, you don't even need a lighter. You, you might just rip one that catches on fire without the lighter itself. Our guy Ike says, too much salsa at enchiladas y mas. Mm, Joe's with you. Too many Taco Bell bean burritos. God. I think that, dude, that looks so painful, too. I, I can't believe, like, that. his whole body should have been lit up there. Great that they got that on video, though. That's awesome. If you're going to do stupid shit, make sure you film it. Like, I, oh, I need yes. that. I need those. I don't need to hear a story about how some guy did this and then caught fire. I need to see it with my own eyes to know that it actually did happen. Well, it's good for teaching lessons to the rest of us while also amusing us, too, at your own human stupidity. Yeah. Yeah, he did just that. So you're out on this. That's not a future bet payoff for us. No, no. I look, I'm I'm all for humiliation, but I'm not for potentially suffering blank degree burns on our keisters. Mm, yeah, that's what what happens if you mess that up. I mean, uh, what, the next few shits that guy took could not have felt could not have felt good. Now, I don't know how hairy this guy's ass is. I will say this, I don't have that hairy of a butt, so I think it's less okay. likely that I suffer a similar fate. 
I also don't wear highly flammable pajama bottoms. So that would help out too. But still, I don't want to take that risk. This gets back to the start of this conversation. I've never wanted to do this before seeing a video like this. All a video like this does is confirm my worst fears. This is exactly what could happen if things go awry. It is kind of funny though, isn't it? It's like fart humor will always be hilarious to me. And it's just, it's just funnier when it's somebody else having Our that. kids are at prime fart humor age right now, which I guess starts right now and doesn't ever really go away for a lot of people. I'm a good example of that. But my kids get the biggest kicks out of flatulence, especially their own flatulence and how much it abhors the rest of us. Dude, I was damn near in tears when you did the um, fake A&M play-by-play call a few months ago during football season. It's a highlight of my career. I'm glad it still amuses you. <laughs> that shit, yeah, I was I was crying laughing because fart humor still gets to me at the age of 29 and a half. So this type of stuff will, will always be hilarious to me. But, God, wrecked them. Poor dude. Is the guy who filmed it also the guy who lit it? He did both? He, no, the guy, yes, yes. Well, if not, then there are two very talented people who are making it look like the same person. Can you self, can you, I guess you could self light the lighter and then rip one and do it all at the same time. You couldn't film it though. You'd need a second set of hands for that. That's how most, well, you could film it too. I have to be like a stagnant. I guess, yeah. this yeah, is gonna okay. get real weird. This is gonna get real weird here, but I'll show you. I'll show you how it's done. That checks out. <laughs> Relax the back chair right there, baby. There you go. Okay. I can get it lifted up a little bit more. Ah, oh, man, it's not gonna lift up. All right, hold on, hold on. Oh boy. Lower the camera now. And Chip and Zay are in the waiting room, wondering what the hell is going on here. No, oh, you know, I want to know also. Yeah, I'll, I'm not gonna I'll, be able to see. I'll force them to be a part of this too against their will. So <laughs> light, light with this hands, lighting, and you're taking a picture with this. You're taking the uh, video with this hand, right? I'm not okay. trying to see you spread eagle, man. People are already calling that. <laughs> I was not spread world. eagle. My legs were just up in I'm, the I'm air. Okay, Zay. Stirrups. Those are stirrups. <laughs> That's right. Obi-Gyne stirrups. That's what's going on there. Good oh. grief. The gum bros. Yeah, I, I thought you would like that, Zay. No, oh, come absolutely on, not. Thank absolutely God for Trey. Nothing wrong with sharing the bowl of gumbo with two different spoons, BK. But well, there's, nothing, there's, nothing right, there's nothing right with it either. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Feel completely straight, you homophobes. <laughs> Trey is our will say or do anything guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> for better and for worse. Jimmy Pig. He's just going for it. It's our guy. Do sometimes, you know. Oh yeah, man. Live on the edge. Feel alive. Terry last night. He just went for it. He went uh, went for trying to coach the opposition at the end of last night's game. I'm sure you guys aren't going to talk about that at all. My God, I'm shocked that Zay didn't just come in on a tirade. He's embarrassing the family. I'm going to say it. He's embarrassing the family. Yo, just let y'all know, ain't nothing sweet about me out here. I wish one of you crazy son of a beast come try to test me because y'all think, oh, Zay's related to Rodney Terry, so he's out here thinking sweet and getting soft. Hell the F no. Bullshit. Come test me and I'll knock your ass out. I got to let people know early because, yo, hey, you're a embarrassing family, coach. 
Why don't you help him? Don't bring me problems. Bring me solutions. Shit. Yeah, Make Zane, him you, pay, pay you as a consultant. You, you have my permission, Zay. I don't want to lose you on Texas Sports Unfiltered, but if That's RT right. calls you and asks for some help coaching, then leave us. Go help him. We need it. Please. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, if the price is right, do that. But otherwise, don't because it's yeah. a short-term gig, Zay. That's right. Mm. <laughs> don't. Yeah. As my man Sean Adams used to say, stack, stack jobs, stack money. Don't quit a job for another job. Add a job, add money. You got yeah. this. Yeah. You can text him right now. Even better. Say, RT, listen, dog. No, he definitely knows Marcus Aldridge turned you down or whatever the hell happened there. And your big men are playing like weenies. They, they had like two rebounds between them last night. And Dazoo's my guy. But he and Shedrick each had one board. They got outboarded 37 to 22. Lost second chance points 15 to 5. What the bleep. And my man Kendall Weaver can't get a sniff. We got to play it, IT Horton so that he'll gun it for 20 points but play no D. Brock Cunningham's a D2 player. Brock Cunningham has lost his mojo. Did he break up with his did his girlfriend break up with him? What's going on? You 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 can't be in year six and get worse. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up to me. There's gotta be Michael Penix. You see what Michael Penix did? I need you on the red carpet. Get into the bottom of Brock Cunningham's love life. Something's gone wrong. Wires are getting pulled. That's that Westlake shit. (laughs) <laughs> what's that mean they don't you know, know how what to have that means you know huh? what that means they ain't supposed to be playing basketball anyway what you doing playing basketball some may write mm. will baker you know some may write chris mm. mim was even suspect in the league chris Come mim on, played man. in the league a long time yeah if i'm seven foot i'm in the hall of fame i don't mean shit seven <laughs> you're foot. in the hall of fame I'm supposed to be in the league you kidding me? BK and Trey, y'all be cool, man. I love you guys. <laughs> y'all ain't trying to hear me today. Y'all ain't trying to be on here today. It's about to get real ignorant, man. Oh, oh, so oh I am y'all. trying to hear it today. I'll be, yeah. I'll be listening in the background today, as a matter of fact. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me love too. you, fellas. Hey. Thank you for I'm... making me laugh, Trey, with your weird spread eagle. <laughs> Out of spread eagle was just legs up, you <laughs>